Chew It With The Pruitts, Episode 2. You can't change the wind, baby. Hey everyone, I'm Kenny. And I'm Holly. And this is Chew It With The Pruitts, our second episode. We're once again joined by our youngest child, Charlie. Our daughter Kate has been asleep for exactly three or four minutes at this point, asleep for the second time, because as much as we talked last week of how good of a sleeper she was, she proved us wrong by waking up in the middle of the night that night that we recorded the first episode, and then proceeded to sleep in bed with us the rest of the uh, rest of the night. Yeah, and she's continued to prove us wrong over the last couple nights. Yeah, she's been up past 11 o'clock, two or three nights this week, so maybe it's a little bit of acting out from not being an only child anymore, maybe she's not getting as much attention as she would like. She's cracking under the pressure of her new big sister duties. She still loves Charlie a lot, she still oohs and ahs over him every time she sees him. It's true. So we have a couple fact-checking items from last week. We got a little bit of feedback from a couple of the listeners regarding what gifts you give on what anniversaries. Yeah, so we had talked about hoping to make it to the 100th episode of our podcast and then wondering what the 100th anniversary was. But in the midst of that conversation, we revealed that we didn't even know what normal anniversaries were. So just to kind of backtrack and maybe give a couple corrections from the last episode. We have since learned that the 50th anniversary is the gold anniversary, so I believe I did say that, so I was correct. You were correct on that one. And then the diamond anniversary is the 60th anniversary. I think that in our discussion we thought maybe it was the 75th. That's right. So if anybody wants to buy us some diamonds when we make it to episode 60, that would be awesome. Now, I think episode 100, or rather the the 100th anniversary, there wasn't an official gift, but a recommendation was 10,000 diamonds, I think. I think it was, it was either 10,000 diamonds or $10,000 worth of diamonds. I guess I'll have to check that for the next episode. It wasn't clear. I, I know that it said something along the line of 10,000 diamonds, but we aren't clear on if you're just supposed to... Buy a $10,000 diamond or buy 10,000 individual diamonds? It would be a lot more than $10,000. That's that's probably true. Well, we shared last week that you, on many occasions, have strange dreams. We also name-dropped Kiefer Sutherland last week in reference to the Hollywood hunks that you've dreamt about. On different occasions. So why don't you tell us about a dream with Kiefer Sutherland in it? Well, there's only been one, so it's not like he's a recurring character in my dreams. But yeah, since we discussed Kiefer's name in our last episode, I thought I would share that dream. Now, as a side note, Kiefer Sutherland is a beloved actor in our household because of his role as Jack Bauer in the series 24. Uh, Fun fact... Also in the running for names for a potential son before we had Charlie were Jack and Kiefer. So yeah, all we, for we, Jack Bauer. We threw those names out there. Jack would have had a little more meaning than just Jack Bauer, but Kiefer would have strictly just been 
Well, I guess he would have had my initials. He would have kept the the KWP trend alive if we had gone with Kiefer. So there could have been a a second point on the docket for each of those names. But let's get back to the dream. Kiefer Sutherland in the dream world. Yeah, so dream world, Kiefer Sutherland. What happened in the dream was I was at a destination wedding. We were at some sort of resort and there were a few of my real life friends there from the real world and in this dream in this dream world i had at some point been on again off again dating kiefer sutherland so kiefer was at the wedding as well we were all staying at this resort and multiple times People were asking me, where's Kiefer? What's going on? He seems a little off his game. Just seems to be a little disheveled. And I just kept telling everybody, no, we're not together. We didn't come here together. We haven't really had much contact. I'm not sure what's going on with Kiefer. And so after being approached by multiple people, I then took it upon myself as somebody who knew Kiefer very well to approach him and just kind of figure out what was going on with him. he did seem a little off his game. So we had a couple heated conversations and he apologized to me. He kind of mentioned that maybe he wanted to get back together. And I just thought, you know, maybe this isn't the right time. I'm not sure. So we left it at that. And then I went to go to the bridal party portion, like a wedding shower of the weekend. Apparently they were having the wedding shower that weekend of the wedding. So we went to the wedding shower. Once again, Kiefer wasn't there. Uh, Everybody was a little confused. So during the shower, after multiple people had asked me again where he was, what was going on, I decided to leave and go find him. And when I looked, I looked everywhere. So I finally went back to my room being a little upset because when we had left things, he'd wanted to get back together with me. So I was unsure about why he was acting this way still. And I get back to my room and there was a note on the bed. And I don't remember the details of the note, but basically he said he just had to leave. And the one detail that I do remember is that the closing line of the note says, you can't change the wind, baby. Signed, K. So that was my my Kiefer Sutherland dream. Can't change the wind, baby. We occasionally will say that to one another. Holly more often to me than than me saying it to her, but you can't change the wind, baby. Right. It's a life lesson brought to you by Dreamland Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any fun stories from your adventures over the last few weeks? So, uh, the part of town that I knock in has quite the variety of houses in it. Quite possibly the richest part of town and, as well, pretty poor part of town, right around in the same area. I've knocked on homes that were approaching a million dollars, and I've knocked on homes that are under $100,000. One particular house... Uh, luckily nobody answered but I walked up uh, the porch there was a front porch it was a wooden front porch and it was a bit rickety and I went up knocked on the door and it took a step back from the door 
as I often do, because when you knock on a door, you don't just want to stand a foot away from the door. Because then as soon as they open it, you're just going to be right there. They're going to be intimidated. So actually, I try to take a step back. And even if there is a step, I'll take a step down. Once again, I'm new at this door-to-door thing, but just in the short amount of time I've been doing it, those are some of the tricks of the trade. So I take a step back, and before I'm able to take a second step back, my first step goes through the porch, right through a rotten, rickety board. (laughs) And uh, it hurt a little bit, actually. It, It didn't feel very good. I twisted my ankle a little bit, but... I just took my foot out of the hole and uh, made sure to walk on the uh, part where there was nails, so I at least knew there was something underneath the board, and got off the porch and proceeded down the road. So, if the owner of that house happens to be listening to this podcast, uh, I apologize, but I'm the one that stepped through your front porch. Sounds like it was a safety hazard to begin with. It could have happened to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Holly would have stepped all the way through it, being she's half my size, but most likely any grown man, if they had stepped in the exact place I did, would have had a pretty good chance of of going through that board. Anything else for this opening segment, babe? I don't think so. Okay. Let's bring on food and fitness. That's right, Kenny. It's time for some food and fitness. Uh, Each episode, we're going to go over a recipe and then also talk about our fitness journey, kind of give an update, and also maybe some tips. We'll see how far we get in that. Yeah, last week we introduced the world to avocado chicken salad. Well, probably not the world, but at least some people probably hadn't heard of it before. It's awesome. Check out episode one if you haven't heard it yet. Now, the recipe can also be found at chewitpruitt.com under the recipes section. So uh, this week we're going to be reviewing stuffed peppers. So I found this recipe while uh, surfing through Pinterest. I'm always on the lookout for healthy recipes that look tasty. Uh, So I found this and it looked like something that Kenny would really like. And it's also pretty easy. It does take a little bit of time to prep. So it's not something that I make very often. But I did just make it last week. And I was actually home by myself with both kids. I just happened to get a chance to set both kids down for a nap and cook some dinner. So what's in the stuffed peppers, it's all pretty healthy. It's uh, ground turkey, brown rice, uh, garlic, onion, some different seasonings, uh, a couple tomatoes. And then there is some Parmesan cheese that you add into the mixture, but it calls for a quarter cup and it makes a lot of filling. So you're not really consuming that much cheese when you're eating Um, and then of course you uh, stuff the peppers and then bake it in the oven. I the reason why this caught my eye is because I know Kenny really likes bell peppers and I really don't like bell peppers so I actually will typically just buy two bell peppers and stuff those and bake those for Kenny and then uh, baby Kate and I will just eat the filling 
And we usually have a couple servings left over even after Kate and I have both eaten. Yeah, I think if you used all of the filling to stuffed peppers, you probably, I mean, you could make at least four, if not closer to six stuffed peppers. But it works really well because the mixture, you know, in and of itself, it's rice, it's meat, it's some veggies. So it's a filling thing in and of itself, even if you don't want to stuff the pepper. Holly stuffs the peppers for me and... You know, my review of this, it's really good. The flavor is great. Um, stuffed peppers are just not super easy to eat. Now, I I don't know why, but I have this thing against using a knife. I never want to, like, dirty a knife. So I only ever get a fork. I also am not the patient type. So I usually eat the pepper pretty close to it coming out of the oven. So it's usually really hot, so I can't you know, pick it up and eat it or anything. So it makes it a little bit difficult to eat. That would be my one, my one hang up on it. Also, you know, bell peppers aren't super flavorful. So for those of you out there that have cooked stuffed peppers in the past, maybe you could give us a a trick of the trade on how to make a stuffed pepper taste a little better. It doesn't taste bad by any means. The filling, I would say, might actually taste better out of the pepper than in the pepper. But I do like the stuffed pepper. It's also just, it's a really cool presentation, too. I mean, it it looks awesome. And, I mean, I've actually never stuffed the pepper. It, It seems to be easier than what I would originally have expected it to be. Yeah, it makes me feel like a gourmet because it is pretty easy. But then when it comes out of the oven, it looks really cool. Yeah, I think the first time she made it, she didn't tell me what she was making. It looks like it could be served at a restaurant for sure. Now, I literally have no idea what it tastes like baked inside of a pepper, what the filling tastes like. So definitely, if you have any suggestions for, you know, spicing it up a little bit, uh, that would be very helpful for me as the preparer of this meal. Absolutely. Uh, let us know if you have ever cooked a stuffed pepper in the past. If you try this specific recipe, we'll have this up uh, at chewitpruitt.com as well. Get in contact with us. There's so many different ways you can. Contact at chewitpruitt.com is our email address. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, we even have a phone number. We, we should do have uh, a phone number. We'll get you that phone number before the end of this episode. Absolutely. Now, we were very successful this week in eating at home, well, for the most part. We made some healthier options, choices. Absolutely. As far as our goal to work out this week, not so successful. No, we definitely had a busy week this week. And so, as we mentioned in the last episode, we really only have three days a week for one of us to get to the gym and so we have a we have narrow opportunities anyway and so when we throw in just different you know appointments and stuff throughout the week that kind of throws a wrench even in the workout plans now my success this week was that I pulled out a tote of my pre-pregnancy clothes and I was able to fit into one pair of jeans this is the first time I've worn a pair of pants that have a button and a zipper in a very long time. So it was pretty exciting for me. Yeah, she looks great. 
Thank you. Uh, also, a brand new haircut as well. I did. Has cut nothing my to hair. do with fitness, it, but no. But it's a transformation thing. I, after probably about a year of contemplating, I chopped all of my hair off, and I am sporting a pixie cut now. It looks delightful. And thank you to my mother, the wonderful Lynn, for cutting it for me. We did have a couple fitness successes this week uh, in the sense of we we walked to dinner. We decided that we were going to eat out one night this week. Well, really it just came down to the fact that we hadn't cooked and it was already 6 o'clock. But we made the decision to go ahead and walk rather than drive, so we just went somewhere close and, and did that. Let's be honest. When you're trying to eat better, when you're focusing on eating less junk food, drinking less soda, sometimes you need something for a little treat. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, anybody will tell you that when you're trying to focus on eating a strict diet, if you don't allow yourself any room for what I feel is most commonly called a cheat day, I did some air quotes on that cheat day, um, then you will be more likely to fail at your goals. So, with that being said, we have two drink options that are not water, but that also won't throw you off into the deep end. If you need something that has caffeine, and you're like me, and you hate coffee... Coffee, obviously, is a great option. Tea is a great option because they're calorie-free. It's literally water steeped in some beans or some leaves. There actually are a ton of health benefits from drinking those things. First of all, I hate hot drinks. I don't think I've ever seen Kenny consume a hot beverage, and we have been together for five and a half years. Hot cocoa's the only hot beverage I would ever consider consuming and even then I think I would just have to be so cold (laughs) which just really honestly never happens this man wears shorts in the winter so if you can do the hot beverages or tea can be iced coffee can be iced frankly I just don't really like anything that's brewed I don't really like beer anything that is produced from brewing something i don't typically like it so the way i've always got caffeine as i talked about last episode is soda specifically mountain dew it's really bad for you i looked the other day a 20 ounce bottle of mountain dew has 290 calories holly just gave me really wide eyes it's pretty terrible for you i didn't realize it was that high jeez it's now i think pepsi is 40 calories less for it's 250 but it's still i mean you're talking that's a meal yeah i mean a meal in a bottle that's just straight carbohydrates straight sugar and chemicals yeah there's no nutritional value don't get me wrong i love the way it tastes and if i could i would drink it all the time That being said, you could go the route of diet, but studies have shown that 
In a lot of ways, diet soda is actually worse for you than just drinking the real stuff. What I have found as a great alternative, an energy drink, oddly enough, made by Mountain Dew, called Kickstart. Now, what's nice about the Kickstart is it comes in a can, so it's a little bit smaller. It's 16-ounce cans. They do have, so they have four flavors in 16-ounce cans, and then they have two flavors that come in a 12-ounce can. Now, the 16-ounce cans are 5% real fruit juice, so it's not a ton, but there's a little bit of real juice in there. It is carbonated, but the great part about it is that it's only 80 calories for 16 ounces, so you're still getting quite a bit of carbonated beverage. They taste really good, and you're saving yourself 200 calories, which, I mean, that's a lot, so... That's my recommendation. And then if you actually go for the 12-ounce cans, they're only 60 calories. And they're actually 10% juice uh, with coconut water. So they're probably even a little bit better for you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a nutritionist. I know that they're terrible. But let's just be real. If you only ever drink water, more power to you. But I just occasionally need to have something that has some bubbles in it and has some real sugar in it. Because I just don't like the flavor of something with aspartame or Splenda or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I have had multiple flavors of Kickstart and they all taste pretty good. We're not saying that these are healthy options. These are just healthier alternatives and it's, you know, baby stepping your our way to a healthier lifestyle. Now, to put it into perspective, one of the things we've had a lot of success with in the past in regards to fitness is Weight Watchers. We've both done it at different times. Um, it's a little bit easier for me because I'm a male and I have more weight to lose, so I don't necessarily have to cut back nearly as much as Holly does when we're on Weight Watchers. Kickstarter is two points, where a 20-ounce soda, I think, is five points. So you could literally have two of these and still be saving yourself more points than just having one soda. So... It's just a better option, and if you're doing a balanced diet, if you're doing something like a Weight Watchers where you're actually tracking your calories somehow or tracking, you know, they use a point system, as long as you're staying within the points, you know, even when I would have a kickstart, as long as I included that in the points that I was doing, I would still lose weight even with being able to have something, you know, that wasn't water. That maybe would be for... You know, teenagers. Right, the under 21 crowd. You know, or adults. I mean, I still drink them, and I'm right. well over 21. Now, if you've had a rough day at the office or at your home office with your kids, sometimes you need something a little bit harder than a soda or water. For those of you that enjoy a hard cider every now and then, but don't like the high carb count that comes along with that, we would recommend the Square Mile Hard Cider. It is locally made here in Oregon. So we have no idea if you'll be able to purchase this if you are listening to us in another state. But here in Oregon, it is readily available. It is delicious. It comes in an apple and a hopped variety. So for those that don't love the sweetness of cider, you can get the hopped version, and it's still very good. Even without going for the hopped version, the apple version in and of itself is 
much drier than a lot of hard ciders. And this one, so we gave the point value, the Weight Watchers point value for the Kickstart. The square mile hard cider is only one point for a 12 ounce bottle. Which is great. Ciders are typically really high in sugar. I think really like high an in Angry carbs. Orchard, which is a pretty popular brand, I think is six points for a 12 ounce bottle. Yeah. Literally six points. It's more than a soda. Yeah, if you're having one, it's it's not the end of the world. But six points is still a lot, especially for Holly when you know she's looking at somewhere between 20 and 30 points for the whole day. If you're spending six of your points on one drink, you're going to be cutting corners other places. Eating fruits and vegetables for the rest of the day. So the square mile... It's really low in carbs. It's really low in sugar. It still tastes really good. I actually like it more than a lot of ciders that are much higher in calories and much higher in carbs. So if you're looking for just some caffeine, go for a kickstart. If you need something with a little bit of alcohol, we recommend the Square Mile Hard Cider. Let's go ahead and move on to friends and family. So, for friends and family this week, we thought it would be fun to tell the story of Charlie's birth. So, I was 37 weeks and four days pregnant. And I had made the decision at the day before that at my next doctor's appointment, I was going to ask to be induced. <laughs> My doctor had offered it actually back at 36 weeks, and I just thought, no way. But over the progression of the week and a half following that, I started to become a little crazy, and Kenny can attest to that. She was definitely ready to to have the baby. Yeah. I had decided, I'm going to ask to be induced. I don't care. I just can't do this anymore, this whole pregnancy thing. So I had noticed a couple of changes negatively over the days prior or leading up to him being born. I stopped feeling Braxton Hicks contractions. I wasn't feeling any pressure or anything. So I just thought, like, this baby is never coming out. He's never coming out. Which was also a little bit weird because, once again, I was only 37 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... That evening, I went to the gym and just did a really long walk on the treadmill and felt a couple contractions while I was on the treadmill, but that was pretty normal and didn't feel anything else before or after that. And then at about 8.30 that night, I started feeling just some very non-painful, very weak contractions. But... They kept going, and so I decided I should probably maybe start timing these. My labor with Kate was pretty quick, and so I thought if if we're going to be able to catch this in time to make it to the hospital and actually have a chance to labor in the hospital, then we need to really be on top of things. So I started timing them. They were very sporadic, though. I would have one, you know... 
after three minutes and then it would be another eight to ten minutes before I had another one and they were lasting a little bit longer maybe like 30 to 45 seconds but the standard that they say that you're or the pattern that you're looking for when you're making the decision to go to the hospital they say is a 511 pattern so one minute contractions that are five minutes apart for one hour and so that's what I was waiting for and that just didn't happen so I decided after you know timing them for about a half hour I decided oh let me just get in the shower if this is gonna happen let me I just want to be ready so I got in the shower and then at like 9.45, I started timing my contractions again. And once again, they were still very sporadic. And Kenny had said at that point, if you feel anything that's uncomfortable, we're going to the hospital. Once again, we're a little bit paranoid because my labor with Kate was also very quick. Let so. me give a quick blurb with Kate. I came home from a long day at work. I, I worked probably, you know, an 11-hour day that day. Holly worked that day. I beat her home, and she actually went to go get her hair done the day that Kate was born, and then was going to pick up food on the way home. Well, she called me like 10 minutes later saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of feeling uncomfortable, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Can you just go ahead and go get food? I just need to come home and, and rest. Great. Okay. I mean, she's 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah, yeah. She can come and rest. That's fine. So I went to go get food. When I come back to the house, I walk in to Holly, basically coupled over in pain, standing at the, the bathroom counter, like, in my opinion obviously in labor we don't want to give too much away from that story because we can also use that in the future it's true but we'll just leave it at that but to say in my opinion if holly had even one uncomfortable contraction that was enough for me to say okay we should probably go ahead and head to the hospital yeah so i had what felt like a stomach cramp not like a, a labor contraction, but like what felt like I think anybody can, knows what a stomach cramp feels like. So I thought, okay, this is weird. I don't know what this is. I should really remember what labor pains feel like because I just had a baby 17 months earlier. But for some reason, I just couldn't really kind of place what this pain was. And after feeling two of those uncomfortable stomach cramps, I said, I'm going to call my mom. So that was at 11 o'clock. I called my mom to have her come stay with, the, stay with baby Kate at the house so that we could go to the hospital and I could get checked out. So at 11.30, we left for the hospital. At, at that point... The labor and delivery building is closed, so we have to go in through the ER. It takes a little bit longer. And I must, I think I was still having contractions. I must have still been having contractions because I didn't just tell Kenny to turn around and go home. But I was laughing, having a grand old time. I really wasn't sure. When they were asking me, oh, what brings you in today? I was like, oh, I might be in labor. I've just had a few contractions. <laughs> um, we're just trying to be, you know on the 
you know, on the up and up with this one because we were only at the hospital for 45 minutes before we had our last baby. So we really want to make sure that we're on top of it this time. So they get me checked in. They take us all the way through the maze of sky bridges to get over to the labor and delivery building. And they check me out in the triage area out in the labor and delivery building. And I had dilated one more centimeter. So previously I've been dilated to three centimeters at my last doctor's appointment. And I was at four centimeters at that point. But because I wasn't having any like painful contractions, the nurse just said, well, I'll just, you know, keep you here and we'll just observe you and I'll check you again in an hour. So at that point it was 12.08. And the reason I know this is because Kenny called my mom from my phone to let her know that we were staying at the hospital at least for another hour. So I had the timestamp on my phone from that phone call. So at 12.08, Kenny calls my mom and I think, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Can you ask, I asked Kenny, can you help me go to the bathroom or help me get to the bathroom? Cause I was hooked up to the monitor. We unplug, go to the bathroom. And then I start feeling contractions that are un now at this point, they're uncomfortable. They're not painful, but I'm feeling them. And so Kenny says, you know, you really like, let's kind of, let's, you know, pay attention to these. And then, <laughs> and then I realize, um, there's something going on down there. We really need to call a nurse. So he helps me up. We get to the, get back to the bed. We call the nurse. And then at that point we realized, no, this is labor. I had still only dilated a half centimeter. I think she said at that point. Yeah, she said that you were probably at four and a half, so you had dilated a little more. But at this point, it was going from nothing to slightly uncomfortable to... To put it into perspective, at 12.05, when the nurse was checking to see how dilated Holly was, Holly was completely fine. Mm -hmm. The nurse was commenting on, oh, you know, we have to wait for this contraction to pass so that I can you know, feel how dilated you are, but Holly was completely fine. So we went from that at 12.05 to... Now it's about 12.30. Yeah, so like, no joke, 20 minutes later, and she's gone from not painful at all to slightly uncomfortable to now it's getting to the point where like, okay, they're starting to hurt. Yeah, so they called, the nurse called the doctor in because of because of some bleeding that was happening. So she called the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, let's, let's get her back to a room and on the way back to the room. So not everybody, I know not everybody has been on the labor and delivery floor at the Salem hospital, but I'm just in the hallway. I mean, this is not a huge hospital and they're just like, you know, wheeling me through the hallway in on my bed. I, they didn't even get me in a wheelchair. And just from the triage room to my delivery room, it starts hurting like full-blown active labor. So this is, once again, it, it, Kenny called my mom at 1235 and told her, hey, so we're staying, this is it, this is labor, we're here for the long haul. Yeah, so I called at 1208 to say, they're going to hold us here for an hour. 27 minutes later, I'm calling to say, um, this is definitely labor. Yeah. So with both of my kids, my plan was always to have a natural labor. With Kate, it would happen so fast. I didn't really have much of a choice. 
and with this one it started coming on fast and hard and I as soon as we get back to the room the first thing I asked was how bad does an epidural hurt the nurses that were in the room said not as bad as what you're going through right now and I said get me an epidural so the doctor is in there she's you know, making sure that, you know, she's checking me, seeing how fast I'm dilating, and it's happening pretty fast. She's offering to break my water. I'm begging her not to because with Kate, they had to break my water, and it was really uncomfortable, and I was just in so much pain that I was just afraid of anybody doing anything down there. And then she kept telling me, well, if we break your water, I think you'll have your baby pretty quickly. It'll just come hard and fast. And I'm thinking, how could it be any faster than what's happening right now? Contractions keep coming. I am not really handling it very well. I really hope for the sake of everybody else that was on that floor that those rooms are soundproof. I don't think they are, but I was screaming pretty loudly. So like, like we said, I think 12.35 is when we were started getting wheeled back to the room and Charlie was born at 12.53. It was really fast and he was just ready to make his appearance to the world. At 37 weeks, five days gestation, um, he weighed six pounds, two ounces, and was 20 inches long. He's just a perfect little guy. Kate was also born at 37 weeks, five days. So Holly's body just can't go past that date. I don't gestate longer than There's definitely weeks. a precedent set if we ever had a third, which it's definitely a big if at this point. I have to say, I don't think I've ever been more proud of my wife than seeing her give birth to our, our two kids. She, it, it was pretty incredible. Notice how I did not say, oh, and then the anesthesiologist came in and I got my epidural and everything was magical. I did not get my epidural. I did not have time. And it was terrible. I mean, Charlie was born probably... 16 minutes after you asked for they it, did yeah so. so once they did look at the little tape that came out of the monitor and so from the moment that they hooked me up in the delivery room to when they unhooked me as he was coming out it was 16 minutes so i was in the delivery room for 16 minutes before he was born now keep in mind we went into the hospital just as a precautionary thing because holly had had two stomach pain type contractions so yeah. Who knows if we have a third? We, we might be like that couple that just birthed their baby driving down the road. I have said that if I do make the decision to have, if we make the decision to have another baby, because of all these crazy labors that I've had these last two, that it'll be a scheduled induction at like 36 weeks. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We also mentioned last week, we kind of gave a, a wide overview about our relationship with money, the way that we've handled our finances, you know, going from fifteen dollars to $20,000 in debt with everything combined to now, other than our mortgage, we're completely debt free. So that's something that we worked really hard for and we really believe in that and something that we have done from the very first day that we decided we wanted to start being serious about managing our money is doing an envelope system. Now, we, we mentioned it briefly last episode, but just to kind of give you a, a quick overview of what the envelope system is, that you combine the envelope system with your strict budget, 
You know each month what your bills are. And then on top of that, whatever money you have left over, let's say if you have $2,000 that goes to bills each month, and then you have $1,000 left over each month, rather than just having $1,000 that goes into a spending account and you spend it on whatever you want, you can be even more detailed with where your money's going. So once again, we mentioned in the first episode, know where your money's going, set aside that money each month at the beginning of the month so that all your bills are paid. Well, with the money that's left over, predetermine where that money's going to go. One thing that you always need to buy is clothing. So that's a, a common area to set aside a little bit of money each month. We've tinkered with it. You know, we've changed the amounts. We, I think we used to do 25 each. I think now Holly does 50 and I do 25. Well, what the way it used to be is that we would do $50 for both That's of us, right. And I yes, would just we would spend do, it all. Yeah, we would do $50 into the clothing envelope and then I would find something that I would want to buy and there wouldn't be any money in the clothing envelope. I'm so then sorry. we had to start changing it up to be 25 for Holly and 25 for Kenny and then it was 50 for Holly and 25 for Kenny. So clothing is a really obvious one to set aside some money for each month. We have a dog, so we have a Lila envelope. We have... What are some other envelopes we have? Um, we set aside money for our car, for like car maintenance. Right. So, I mean, something that's inevitable if you own a car is that at some point you're going to have to do repairs to the car. So... We put away, what, a hundred bucks a month, I think, each month into an envelope. So that way, when the transmission went out on the Hyundai, we had the cash to pay cash for it. We didn't have to bust out the credit card and go further into debt to pay for it. We're big fans of the envelope system. If you want to know more about the envelope system and some specific things that you should do, you can reach out to us. At contact at chewitpruitt.com. You can also check out, I think, probably DaveRamsey.com. I mean, he is a big proponent of the envelope system. He's not the only person that, that does it, but that's where we got most of our information regarding, you know, what envelopes to do and how to manage that money. When we were paying off the debt, we wanted to be really specific about doing it all in cash. So our envelopes were physical envelopes with physical dollars in the envelope. Now, originally we started off, I think, actually just having physical envelopes, but then we ran across something at the Dollar Tree that worked as a great alternative that's a lot sturdier and a lot easier to carry around than 10 or 15 paper envelopes. And I think it's technically a coupon organizer, but basically what it is, it's a little mini accordion organizer, and I think it had five slots in there. So I think we had like two or three of these that we kept at home, and then just depending on, you know, if we were heading out and we knew, well, you know, let's grab the one that has the clothing budget in it or whatever. And since then, even, I've I've found some at other places for about five bucks that actually have like 15 slots. So... If you had a ton of envelope, you know, different places that you were putting money aside each month, you know, it's a great way to be able to keep your cash organized. It's one thing. It's probably a little bit easier for a woman to carry it around if they have a purse than a man. It's probably going to be too big to just carry around in your pocket. But it's a really good way to keep track of your money, and it's super affordable. If you go to the Dollar Tree, they have them. They're a buck. 
you can find other ones other places probably like an office supply store or something would have maybe a bigger one you still want something that's small that's going to be able to fit into a purse but they just have ones that have more slots yeah and once we had paid off all of our debt we did actually have a few months span where we were 100 percent debt free then we bought a house um, but yeah once we paid off our debt we bought our house and we had been enveloping for several years at that at this point probably three years we made the decision that since I'd been carrying around so much cash and it was just a lot to handle to kind of revamp how we did our envelopes. And so now we do virtual envelopes or digital envelopes. Once you, I really only recommend this for once you have a handle on the way that you organize your envelopes. So once you know exactly which categories you're going to do, um, and you're really used to spending out of your envelopes, used to adding to them every single month, this is a great next step. So the way that we do it now is I found an app for iPhone. I don't know if it's on the Android market, but it is on iPhone. It's called Envelopes 2, the number two, and it is free. And there are other envelope apps out there, but this one worked really well for the way that we were going to be organizing our digital envelopes. Um, you add whatever category, you know, you can name each envelope whatever you want. There's actual, you can color code each one as well. And you just make deposits or withdrawals depending on what it is. So at the beginning of the month, I make deposits in each category or each envelope on the app. And then it gives you the total and you just withdraw different, you know, whenever you make a transaction out of it, you just withdraw it from the app and it keeps a running tally for you. You're also able to check the history for each envelope so you can kind of see like, oh, did I, you know, went grocery shopping, did I remember to withdraw that transaction, you know, from the grocery store and you can see that. We back that up with a separate checking account that we use that has a debit card and then we use that to spend money out of so if we go grocery shopping we swipe that card and then I just go to the envelopes to app on my phone and withdraw say I spent 48 bucks at the grocery store withdraw the 48 bucks from the app and that's how I keep track of everything and the way that I double check that everything is on point is that the total running tally on the envelopes app will match the balance in the checking account it sounds a little bit more complicated, so that's why I recommend only doing this once you have your envelope system figured out and you're very used to working within that system. Yeah, Holly is definitely a pro at it at this point. I mean, like like we said, for years, we'd get the direct deposit into the bills account, and then we'd physically go to the bank and withdraw physical cash. In, in certain, the denominations, in denominations we needed so, so we needed to get you know 10 20s and 10 fives and, and it was always an odd amount of 14 tens yeah and it would and the be tellers like, would always get really stressed out counting the 50s so you know holly been doing this for a long time and so the way that it looks is the direct deposit goes right into the bills account holly knows the exact amount each month at this point that we put into the envelopes so she transfers that exact amount from the bills account into the spending checking account. And then from there, we just keep track of it. And, you know, our spending does come out of that, but she has a spending envelope. And what we consider spending is just anything that you wouldn't necessarily 
put money aside for or need to save up for in order to get so like if we go out and get a snack or whatever like we don't have a snack envelope necessarily Um, that's just something that comes out of our regular spending we really recommend it it's a great way to just even further be in charge of your money and know where it's going and without the envelope system we wouldn't be able to save money each month i mean we were able to put money aside for a long time, and then there was a period of time in there when we didn't put money aside, as you know, as we bought the house and had to dip into savings a little bit to do some home improvement projects and stuff. We're back to being able to to put money aside each month, and really the only reason that we're able to do that is is through doing the envelope system. Yeah, it works so well for us, and I know it seems like a lot of work, but I really think that it can work for anybody as long as you're willing to keep track of your spending absolutely now speaking of our spending one thing that we do just use for our spending accounts and that we don't necessarily put money aside for each month is going out to eat date night that kind of a thing we did recently actually this this week just a couple days ago we had one of well, we kind of went back to a, a date that we used to do all the time. We have we've kind of got away from it, which it's bad for the pocketbook and bad for the the health. What we used to do all the time was go out to eat and split an entree, and we've kind of got away from that. And this last Friday night, we just decided we wanted to go out to to eat, and we ended up splitting an entree. And it just reminded us of a couple of things. A, it's way cheaper we spent half the amount of money that we would have if we had each got our own entree and then it's also way healthier we ended up eating half the amount that we would have because let's be honest if you get a full entree at a restaurant if you don't eat the whole thing you're gonna eat pretty close to the whole thing you're probably not gonna take much of it home or even if you do take it home i know i'm breaking into my leftovers a lot later that night. <laughs> right. You go out to dinner at six o'clock and then at nine o'clock you eat the rest of your food. So, you know, if the food's there, it's the American way. We've been taught our whole lives that you can't let that food go to waste. You got to eat it. But it's just so weird how you can literally get the same thing, split it between two people and you walk away being just as full as you would have been otherwise. It's kind of like the sisterhood of the traveling pants phenomenon. How the pants fit all of these girls with the, were totally different shapes and sizes. It's like, no matter how much food there is, I'll be full. To make a biblical reference, it's like the feeding of the 5,000. It's that one plate of food. We've never tried with more than two people. Maybe we could feed our whole family on one plate of food. We should try that. Maybe as we get into every one of us eating when we when we eat out, we'll have to, to try that sometime. But we think it's a great idea if you either A, don't have the cash to spend to go out to eat, or B, just want to make a little bit of a healthier decision but still want to have the fun of going out to eat, This is a great way of saving a little bit of money, doing it a little bit healthier, and then you can get, you don't necessarily have to get the quote-unquote healthy food on the menu. You can get what you actually want to get and just eat less of it. Sometimes that's better for you anyway than trying to eat something that you don't really like because if you are just constantly feeding yourself things that you don't actually want in the name of being healthy, it's just going to be so much easier to fail. 
Yeah, you'll go crazy. Or at least I would, and I have in the past. I think that's enough for our friends and family segment today. Yeah. Ready for a little bit of fun? I'm always ready for some fun. everybody to heebie-jeebies we also tweeted out a clue and well we gave a clue in our episode and that clue was instruct mario's princess for those of you that don't remember we did actually get a couple responses on twitter so the first person that tweeted out the correct response to us was at zade story uh, the correct answer is Teach Peach. Um, coincidentally, uh, the Zabe story is another great podcast to check out. Yeah, it's uh, you can find it in iTunes, I believe. It's the Zabe story, and that's story with an e s t o r e y. Uh, it's our good friends, actually, Kevin and Josh. They do a great job on that. And actually, check out the episode about Inside Out because uh, I actually am a guest host on yeah. that episode. So a little you... crossover action. Um, anyway, we also got a couple of heebie-jeebie clues sent to us. So one was from at Caden Pruitt 30 and the clue that he sent us uh, was Sorrow Cat. Now... I don't know what this one is. It doesn't ring, not ringing any bells for me, not making me think of anything in particular. What about you, Kenny? So I have to be honest. Kenny cheated. I didn't cheat. Uh, As I said, when you tweet these out to us, you have to make sure in bold capital letters to let us know, this is a heebie-jeebie clue. Don't read any further. Because as soon as I read it, it was stuck in my brain and I couldn't get it out. So this is not the first time that I have heard the clue Sorrow Cat. My guess as to the answer, this this actually this actually stumped me pretty good, but I have a couple guesses of what it could be. Sorrow Cat, my guesses are Pity Kitty or Crying Lion. And that one's a little bit more of a slant rhyme because you're having to sort of use slang on the crying. But those are my guesses. We'll have to tweet those out to uh, to at Caden Pruitt 30. For those of you that have figured out, he he is related to us. He is my brother. Um, So I'll have to check with him to see if that's correct. Uh, Now I want to see if you can get this one. I, just glancing at it right now, I have figured it out already. But I have a feeling, because Kenny's really bad with names, I have a feeling he might struggle with this one. So we also got another heebie-jeebie clue sent to us from at Zade Story. And I'll help you out a little bit with this one. And at Zade Story, I appreciate the connection to last week's episode also in this clue. Uh, so the clue, the heebie-jeebie clue is Taylor Schilling, Bradley Cooper. I have no idea who Taylor so, Schilling is. So, okay, so I'll give you a little bit of a clue. So, Taylor Schilling is in Orange is the New Black, that show on Netflix. Ooh, silence. 
How long can we wait if we're recording a podcast? How long do we wait? I don't know. So Taylor's showing. Okay, so she's Piper. Yes. She's the main girl. Yes. In Orange is the New Black. Okay. okay. So, okay. Now that I actually have my bearings, let, let me try here. So. I'm really excited for you to get this one. I know it. I don't think I'm going to be able to get it. I think that, I think you got to give the answer All right. here. At Zade's story, I believe the answer is Piper Sniper. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I mean, and I even said Piper. Right. I just, so I thought you were gonna. I thought you see, were like, playing dumb a little bit I when you figured out it was Piper. Thinking, I wasn't thinking about the dream, but you did give me even a little clue in in point of action dream. That's pretty good. If that's the answer, Piper Sniper, that's a good one. That's a first of all, yeah, that's a great. That's a clue. that's a great clue. That's. That is an advanced level clue, for sure. It's also great coming from at Zade's story, because what we didn't mention is that their podcast is a movie review podcast, so it's really great. It's a great clue. I hope that's right. I'll tweet at you guys, hopefully. Yeah, we'll tweet out those those answers to you guys and see. If we're wrong, we'll let let everybody know in the next episode. Yeah, we'll let you know. If if those weren't the correct answers, we'll let you know what they were. Um, Please, please, please get back to us. With more heebie clues. We love them. They're great. If um, you're not on Twitter, you can catch us on Facebook. You can email us. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. Once again, you can email us at contact at chewitpruitt.com, Twitter, Facebook. All of our social media things are at chewitpruitt. Facebook.com slash chewitpruitt. Pinterest.com slash chewitpruitt. But you can also, on our website, there's links to all of our social media pages. So just chewitpruitt.com, and all of our social media is on there as well. I also promised that I would give you guys the phone number that you can reach us at. Now, this isn't going to be us answering the phone live, at least at this point. Maybe in the future we'll do a live podcast and you guys could call in live that would actually be really fun i don't even have time to answer real phone calls i'm not going to answer podcast (laughs) phone calls but we do have a voicemail box that you can call us at if you leave us a voicemail we're going to play it on the show at least at this point because we have no voicemails it may have got to the point that we're receiving hundreds of voicemails every week we have to be a little choosy but at this point if you leave us a voicemail, we're probably going to play it on the show. You're going to become famous. So you can reach us at 507-407-CHEW. C-H-E-W. So that's 507-407-CHEW. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Give us a heebie-jeebie clue. That actually would be a great way to hear it for the first time. Yeah, Just that play would be it great. live on the podcast. So... Give us a heebie-jeebie clue. Give us your guess. You know, whatever. Just have some fun. Give us a tip on a recipe or something that we can do to try to get in some better shape. 507-407-CHEW. Now, Kenny, we did come up with a heebie-jeebie clue for this week also, yes? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do that every single week. Um, Holly picked the clue last week and just as a reminder it was instruct mario's princess which was teach peach now just a quick brief reminder if you didn't listen to the first episode at least go back listen to us explain heebie-jeebies but the gist of a heebie-jeebie is that it's just two words that rhyme 
and we give a clue that makes you think of those two words. The two words don't have to have anything to do with each other. Teach Peach, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just two words that rhyme, and then Holly just came up with the clue, Instruct Mario's Princess, and that clue hopefully would make you think of Teach Peach. So, my clue for this week. We'll tweet this out. Tweet at us, at Pruitt with your answers, and once again, we'll read out the first correct response. As a reminder this week, the first correct response was from at Zade's story. You should follow them on Twitter. Let's try to beat them this week. Let's get a new winner in the circle. At Caden Pruitt 30 was right behind him last week. Within minutes. So maybe he'll be able to get the win this week. You can do it, Caden. The clue for this week is lollipop driver. Lollipop driver. Once again, the two words just have to run. They don't have to have anything to do with each other. I did not get this one. Kenny actually had to tell me what it was. It's not, I don't think it's that difficult. I, I was just in a weird headspace. Yeah, she was hooked up to a machine. I was pumping breast milk for my son. <laughs> hooked up to a machine, you make it sound like I'm like Terminator or something. Have you ever seen Terminator? I haven't, but they're machines, yes. Yeah, but they don't hook up to anything. Oh, no, a Transformer? I think, like, maybe, like, The Matrix. The Matrix. Been... I've never seen The Matrix either. They're not machines. But they're hooked up to machines. I don't know what The Matrix is about. Well, maybe we'll have to, to fix that. One thing we haven't talked about on this podcast is the fact that we have a very large movie collection. At one point, it was well over 500 movies. We have since We've sold off many movies and limited ourselves to just one cabinet that we have. And we will never allow ourselves to go over that amount of movies. Which is kind of unfortunate because when our kids start getting older and wanting to have movies of their own, that means we're either going to have to be mean parents that don't let them have any movies. Or we're going to have to get rid of some of our own. But it'll be worth it, I'm sure. Do we have any recommendations for people in the meantime? You know, now that they're completing episode number two, you know, what can they do in the meantime to, to entertain themselves? Kenny and I have enjoyed this show for a few years now. It is a show on the Food Network. It is called The Great Food Truck Race. It is a food truck competition show where they uh, drive across the country and then at each stop they have different competitions and one team gets eliminated every week. But it's really fun. It's a short series. It's only, I think, five or six weeks. Yeah, they do it every summer. You know, there's probably eight teams. So it, it might be like seven or eight weeks it's, long. Yeah. But but it's pretty short. At one point, like, you know, they've... They were in Portland. Yeah, I they think, came to Portland. Portland, I guess, has a, a really big food truck scene. But anyway, it's, it's just kind of cool to see the different things. And I think the winner each year gets to keep their truck. That's... Yeah. They like... It's kind of crazy. They deck these things out. Like, they all have custom paint jobs. They have matching cars that they drive in, too. And then at the end of the season, the winner gets to keep it. But I, I maybe they just reuse the same cars yeah, and food trucks re- each year, just repaint them or whatever. Anyway, check out the great food truck race. That's on the Food Network. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. It doesn't have Alton Brown in it, so it, it's not as good as some other shows on the Food Network. But it's a fun little series that you can catch. And it's just it's only on in the summer. 
you know, where other shows they have are on year round. So it's worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for joining us for our second episode of Chew It With The Pruitts. Thanks for the feedback from, uh, well, I guess the the participation from at Caden Pruitt 30 and at Zade Story. You guys made the show better for sure. We'll be honest with you. We can only come up with so much content on our own. So we'd love to hear from more people. Please, if you're listening to the episode, get in touch with us in some way. It'll just make the show that much better. Definitely. And it'll make us feel like we've accomplished something. At the very least, we know we've reached two individuals at this point. Three, I guess, because at Zade's story is actually two people. I did get a couple little feedbacks on Facebook as well. So we've got we've got about five listeners now, which is a pretty big deal. (laughs) When we hit double digits, we'll probably throw a party. You're all invited. 